This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle. Welcome to the All Possibilities Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Chan, intuitive life purpose coach and founder of Being My Purpose. I had a successful career, an Ivy League education, and led a very rational life. Several years ago, I had a spiritual awakening, developed psychic gifts, and decided to dedicate my life to pursue my purpose and empower others. I'm hungry to learn even more about the incredible potential of the human mind and spirit. On this podcast, I talk to entrepreneurs, executives, scientists, and leaders to hear their stories of transformation, the science behind them, and what it means for you to unlock your potential in your life and career. Together, let's embark on a discovery of all possibilities. Welcome to All Possibilities. I'm your host, Julie Chan. I'm here with Sarah Takako Skinner, who is a photographer, and she has a lot of very interesting projects that I'd love to hear more about. So, Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to be here. So, why don't you start off by sharing with us who you are and what you do? I am an artist. I focus in within my photography.、Um, Predominantly working one-on-one with my clients to co-create、um, an experience during their photo shoot that、um, goes into multiple layers of of different complexities,、um, exploring subpersonalities,、um, using locations and、um, symbolisms to bring out and express what each、uh, person. Call them client as、uh, what they want to say, who they are. The idea of capturing、um, perhaps how they know that they feel inside, but perhaps they have not seen before. So really working on a personal one-on-one level.、Uh, there's lots of research involved, a lot of、uh, pre-production about、um, their history, their backgrounds.、Um, What is meaningful to him or her,、uh, etc., etc., and together we create.、Um, I like to call it sort of this editorial conceptual portraiture that usually is rounded out in like eight to ten photographs that、um, that reveal、um, intimate, powerful, perhaps transcending.、Uh, Imagery for the clients to be able to reflect on and share and feel very proud of. It、um, it makes me feel incredible to be able to share my gifts and and collaborate with them to、um, make them feel powerful, make them feel、um, like they've been seen, like that they've been heard, and. And and in, within the post production, I spend a large amount of time、um, getting the textures, the emotions through colors and tones and, and depth, and so it's it's a complex pr-、uh, process for me, but it is incredibly enjoyable. And the creativity and inspiration that I get from、um, this this interpersonal relationships that I get to develop is is 
really, really important and, and valuable to me. So, you know, I like to say um, I'm a humanist first and I just use the camera to document. I love the the idea of being seen and using the camera or using photography as a way to help help these people that you're working with to be able to see themselves in a way that maybe they maybe they haven't seen themselves as powerful or as transcendent or um as intimate and raw and raw and that that's that is a beautiful gift because it can change perspectives can you can you share some stories about um maybe like one example of 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 where someone's perception was shifted by either kind of the process of working with you and that inquiry or or in looking at the photography Mm -hmm. themselves I don't think there's one particular story that dominates any other story. I find that the the common uh, theme or thread to this narrative is um, someone comes in with an identity or belief system about who they are and how they're perceived and how they project. And it's this breaking down process for them and pushing and allowing them to expand and, and, um, feeling any fears and exposing it and bringing that out. Um, this comes out through, um, a lot of direction that I give a lot of, um, flowing through movements and actions and, um, intentions that I set for each person. And it's almost as if they're acting out, um, as if, and, uh, tapping into those sort of sub personalities, that inner child, the, 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 you know, the pusher, the, 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 the demon, all of these things and allowing that to come out and, and be exposed in a very safe, um, environment. And what the feedback that I get consistently is a, oh my God, that was so much fun. Um, B, I've never experienced something like this before. I've never been able to be that and, and be so free with that without having to code it through other masked layers, um, and just being raw and real. And, you know, there's, again, like I said, we work with their wardrobe and the location and whatnot, but it really, again, comes down to the one-on-one relationship that we have and the trust that we build within each other. And, what I've been told is it's a transformative experience that, um, it's almost, it's like, um, like, I don't know what uh, counseling or, or art therapy is a good word for it. You know, being able to expose all of these, um, suppressed thoughts and fears and fantasies and expose them, you know, I mean, it could be as simple and fun as, you know, I just, I just want to be a ninja, you know, I, I want to be a superhero. And so we create that. We create that together through dialogue and, and um, storytelling. And um, I think the, the, the most common uh, comment is um, 
it was an incredibly healing experience as well as enlightening and joyful and fun. And then when they get to see that, the, the final products, every single time they are blown away. Um, because through the post-production and all of those elements that, that are combined, they're seeing a very, very powerful image that even I can't picture beforehand. And um, the way that the images come out, they, they are different than most photographs. We're not focusing on celebrities and and whatnot who, who already have this shtick and know what to do. We're dealing with um, real people and and giving them, giving them the yes, like yes and, yes and more, let's do more, um, bring that out. And uh, and again, then the, the final touch is just the, the profound, beautiful post-production that just takes it to that second, third, fourth, or fifth level of, of um, surprise for them. And uh, they, yeah, uh, healing and pride and, and are feeling proud of who they are and um, not knowing maybe that they they ever looked that way and, and it gives them a lot of things to reflect on. So did that answer your question? Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Thanks. <laughs> I think it's, it's one, it's one thing to on Halloween or something like dress up to be Superman or, you know, what they aspire to be. And it's another to be able to, to live it. Yeah. And to kind of have the evidence that they can look at and be exactly. like, oh, like that was real. That was me. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I don't me. even recognize myself, but it's so uh, moving, right? And and don't get me wrong. It, it takes time. You know, I prefer two full days at a minimum, you know, for, for, for the more extensive shoots that I do, you know. Um, I, I, I need two full days. I mean you have to break down so many boundaries and layers and break through all of that. And that takes time. And, and they also have to understand how to, how I direct. And, um, yeah, again, it, it, it really comes down to the power of interpersonal relationships and that's the core of it. And then broad imagination and creativity and a hint of wackiness and a sex appeal of fear and, yeah. you know, um, and eroticism and, and power. So it's, it's all of that. Let's take a look at the boundaries because, you know, even even for me, when I think of, oh, let's do a photo shoot, even the thought of being in front of a camera and being the only person in front of a camera, having the spotlight on me, still, it, it just makes me feel uncomfortable. Right. And it brings up things like, you know, like all sorts of things, body image, worthiness, um, who am I? <laughs> what am I trying to convey? So can you talk more about those boundaries that you encounter and how, how do you navigate mm-hmm. them? And how do you know, like, is it, is it an intuitive sense that you just know like how to break through? Walk us through what happens. Well, it starts with a couple of different meetings and just getting to know each other and um pretty much every single person that i have photographed at any time has said um 
I am uncomfortable with the way I look. I get really nervous. I don't know how to move. I don't know how to pose. Uh, I don't know what I'm emoting or projecting. And um, I'm going to trust you to bring that out of me. But I just want to let you know that this is really going to be an uncomfortable experience. And and I, I and I hear that, you know, I have compassion for that and and empathize because I absolutely hate having the camera on me. It's embarrassing and it's nerve wracking and I get all of it. Um, but one of the key things that I've, um, found to be the most effective and I actually learned it when I, I did a two year conservatory studying theater and, and film. Um, I learned a lot and that was in my early twenties. I was like, I don't know, 22, 21, 22, something like that. And that was, um, incredibly enlightening for me to understand what all of these hidden subpersonalities sub-personalities are and knowing how to bring them out in myself as, as, um, at that time. So I, I took what I learned from that and basically, uh, go through the same process with, with, with each person I find. And what I tell my clients is, uh, this is not a static experience. This is uh, very fluid and um, this is about using your movement and moving into these roles and into these identities. It's not about stopping and posing and, and being consciously aware that they're um, being one thing or another, right? It's, uh, it's almost as if, you know, what I say is, I said, just don't stop moving, keep going, keep going. And I, and I am bossy. I am quite bossy and firm because I know what I want. I know what I'm looking for. And people, I think, have this perception that they need to stop for the camera or stop for me or wait for the click or whatnot. And that's where people get tripped up on. That's as soon as their brain starts ticking. So the idea is to get them out of their head. The best way to get them out of the head is have thoughts in your mind of where, what are you trying to say? What are you trying to communicate? How are you feeling? Think about your story. Think about an emotion at a certain time. Let that come out through your eyes, through your body. You know, the hands are so expressive and the eyes are this channel and the mouth. So I really work with the, with the eyes, the mouth and the hands to communicate. And then obviously there's body language within, um, the movements as well. Uh, and what I'm particularly looking for is that moment between the moment. And that's, that's the key. And that's why I am very adamant and push to, for them to don't stop moving because then they're not aware. And I said, this isn't about you stopping for the click or waiting for the click. It's just go, go. And, um, because what they're going to think that I want is not what I'm looking for. And the, what I'm looking for is that moment that they, um, are very natural and very true. And that requires uh, heavy direction and, uh, this sort of slightly fast paced, uh, I don't know if that's quite the right way to describe it, but, um, did that answer your question? Okay. You, you had mentioned through your kind of theater experience, kind of you, you kind of had to do it first or like to understand yeah. what that transformation feels like for you. And, and that's the same with me too. And when I do my purpose coaching, I had to live my purpose first in order to be, and understand all the challenges that go with it and what that transformation is like in order for me to empower others. Mm -hmm. 
Can you share your personal transformation? Like what, what was it that you had to go through and see differently in order for you to feel like, okay, mm-hmm. I, 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 I get it. Mm-hmm. I had to learn to shed what I perceived as taboos. Um, I had to allow myself to, and, and honor, uh, extreme anger, um, extreme fear and live it, reenact it. Um, once it's okayed and you can get that out and you can express it, all of a sudden you start understanding, um, how empowering, accepting all of what is inside of you and, um, shedding the, well, that's not really me. I'm like, well, actually it is an element of you. Let's explore that. And so for me, the theater was so powerful because I think growing up, I was very controlled. I controlled, oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I controlled my emotions particularly great. So but- you talked about anger and these raw emotions and they, they tend to stem from something. What was that for you? Well, I'll just start with, um, so I was born with, a with gastroschisis, which is, um, long story short, the intestines are developed outside of the baby's stomach in the womb. And, um, I was born at about seven and a half ish months, um, with my intestines outside of my stomach and a long story short, it, um, was an incredibly arduous and highly technical and very risky surgery for in the seventies, the late seventies to perform on a baby and the chances for a baby to survive such an extreme surgery is, and I was also born premature. So I think it was, I was about two and a half pounds. Um, and my stomach didn't have any room to accept the intestines. Right. So going through, um, those months of being in surgery, I was restrained down, unable to be held. I was fed through my heart and, um, the intestines were slowly put back into the stomach and the blah, 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 blah. And, um, you know, the, the, the trauma, I always wonder like, what, what, how did that trauma affect me when I didn't have any, um, point of reference of a before and after, right? It's, I wasn't just born healthy and then bam, you come into this world and and you're a fighter. You either fight or die. It's, there's no fucking around, you know? I mean, and it's, um, so anyway, um, in lieu of that, so I have a lot of body scars, a lot of stomach scarring and, um, growing up with that was, um, kind of horrifying as a child, you know, about how you, how I perceived myself and as a kid and and the shame of, um, I mean, I don't even have a belly button. I don't even know where it should be. I kind of guess by basing on other people, (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, and anger, anger that, um, I, 
genuinely never felt like I was ever going to be sexy or desired. And it was something that was always going to have to be something I'd hide and then have to like reveal at just the most appropriate time and hope to God, you know, this boy I liked or whatever would, would accept it. And, uh, how I got my middle name, Takako was, um, because my parents, uh, it was given to me, let's say by, um, someone very special in their Buddhist community. And, uh, he called my mother and said, if Sarah survives, can I name her middle name Takako? So obviously here I am. And, um, that is a very powerful, um, uh, identity that I can, that I hold very dear to me. It's kind of, I, I don't really know how to explain it other than it's, it's my lifeline, that name. It represents triumph in a battlefield, you know, a fighter. So um, growing up, a lot of anger, a lot of shame, a lot of um, body shame. And uh, it took a long time to shed all of that. And it took a lot of interpersonal work for me. And I, I attribute the, the experiences that I gained in the theater, etc., as well as, uh, fearlessness, bold, this is who the fuck I am. But that took time, you know, and it certainly wasn't, didn't happen anytime soon. I think it wasn't until I was 30 that I even wore my first bikini. And obviously that also comes with age and you just say, fuck you, I'm going to empower this bad boy. And you know, everyone gets these crazy tattoos and I'm like, "Ah, I got a cool one. I got a cooler one. So you you have to learn to develop, um, a sense of empowerment around it. But so I really, I can very much relate to, um, these anxieties and these fears and these hidden, um, emotions suppressed, et cetera. Uh, and it really, allows me on an intuitive level to, I believe, connect with people from a place that comes organic, from a soulful place. I cut the bullshit real fast. I don't have time for it. Let's get to the meat. Let's get to who, where that, what that heart is trying to express, what that soul is trying to reveal, because that's what I do to myself. And I push myself to do that. And if I can do it, and let others see my, my faults and my rawness and my transparency and my emotion, fears. Um, and I, it allows other people to feel that they won't be judged and that they will be understood. And I think that's a very, very key element to my photography is stemming from my birth story and how that has transformed me to becoming a strong leader, a strong, empowered woman um, uh, of fuck you, this is who I am. Take it or fucking leave, right? (laughs) Uh, But that's also under a, a, a soft cushion of deep compassion because I understand shame. I understand being exploited by people that shouldn't have exploited you. I understand the fight, the fears, the struggle. I deeply get it. I mean, I, I live day to day what I 
try to direct with my client what I how I direct my clients and how I try to reveal those within those photographs to me those photographs each one um, in 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 a way is my own personal self portrait because all of me is going into that and that collaboration that we create together all by it's not me and the photograph it's all me and all of them so it brings me a huge deep feeling of of pride and, and a, a softness um because each of those images are me perhaps that's selfish but i think i'm onto something so i noticed that you have some tattoos and they say inspire and breathe mm-hmm and you're wearing a shirt that says faith. When we come back after this break, we're going to dive into another word that we can talk about, which is hope. We'll be back after this. Do you have a story or a comment you'd like to share? I'd love to hear from you. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at All Possible Show. You can also connect with me directly at my own website, beingmypurpose.com. Do you remember what we used to say about running? Oh, somebody bigger had to chase you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I'm BJ Smith, and that's exactly how I felt about running most of my life. That was until one fall day in 2011. I was chasing my son in the backyard when... Something had to change. This was the beginning of my journey to becoming a runner. One that would take me from couch to marathon in less than two years. Now I'm setting my sights higher. This is 16 Weeks, a new podcast from Mouth Media Network, following me on my journey to get into shape while keeping up my obligations at work and still being there for my family. And I'm not doing it alone. My name is Keith Smart. I won a silver medal in Beijing. I'm a sport and exercise psychologist at ECU. Coach athletes all over the world. I'll talk with experts about challenges all runners face, like figuring out how to make time to run, what to eat, and how to train. You got so dehydrated. Your heart rate went up and it felt like you were working so hard. Everything's trainable. Whether it's run form, strength, that's all trainable. And so is our thinking. Subscribe now to 16 Weeks on iTunes, Google Play Music, or wherever you find great podcasts. Together, we can do this. back everyone to all possibilities i am here with sarah takako skinner photographer and artist in a moment i'll be sharing a mini intuitive reading that i've already done for sarah but first i want to ask you about hope and what does hope mean for you (laughs) It gives me some chills. Um, hope is is quite profound. It's a profound word, um, just as faith is. But I believe that um, more people can perhaps relate to hope um, from on a on a on a larger scale. Um, my belief is that without hope, we die. 
there's nothing to live for without hope. It's it's different than the word faith. Um, hope is our purpose. It gives us meaning and, and a desire to keep going. And when you don't have that hope, it's a sad and scary experience. Um, you're locked in, in a, in a constant cycle of, of fear and, um, utterly, utterly debilitating. And, uh, and unfortunately such a, I hate to use the word waste, but waste of the valuable time that we have here on this earth. And, um, yeah, I, I guess that's, I mean, I could go on and on and on, you know, I'm a huge uh, component, proponent, opponent, proponent, proponent of, um, of that word. And I really started to, uh, ponder on it and think about it, reflect on it back in, um, about 2006 when, um, I developed the very beginning of what is now called the Hope Is Project. It's a company that I uh, founded uh, a couple of years ago, but it actually started in 2006. And it started because I, I it goes back to my birth, right? And uh, I wanted to dissect it, like, what the fuck is hope? Um, what were my parents experiencing? They were prepared that I was to die. What gave them hope? Was it a false hope? I mean, that's what I was thinking about, you know, not what I believe, but I was wondering, um, was it silly for them to hope when, when there was this 10% chance of living for this little baby? But yet we still do because it's so human and it is such a natural instinct of survival because what else are you going to do? Uh, as humans, we're fighters in, in all on all stages and, um, some obviously more than others, but, um, so I wanted to know what, what was that hope for my parents, um, when they saw their little baby strapped down and, and I was all, I can't even imagine. And I wanted to dissect that and, and research it. And the only way that I could really understand it or research it is through other people. Um, that's how I often do things. Right. And, um, so I went to Harborview and I, I picked out three people, three very different people in the hospital, um, a chief trauma surgeon and a woman whose husband was in the trauma um, with a serious head injury, and then a young man who had just become paraplegic. And it was important to have a, a thread so that we could relate it to, and that was they were all very simply in Harborview and um, wanted to compare what their hope, if, if you were to... It's very difficult to be able to verbalize what hope is. It's uh, so many levels. But I wanted to give them a camera, a special camera, the Holga camera, because of its surreal nature and its film. And there's so many things that you can do with it that goes beyond just this sort of two-dimensional image, right? Um, and, I, and I gave them this camera and I said, um, teach us what your hope looks like. Teach us. Show us, inform us, and there's no rules. 
they don't even have to be hopeful looking photographs because I don't believe in rules and I don't believe in labels and everything's just one minor shade of gray, right? So um, that way we could see um, for ourselves. So they did that and then I took their portrait. And it was um, a very profound experience, not only for me, but also people that um, saw it. And and the Seattle Post-Intelligent picked up on it and did a whole uh, front-page story on it. And that was a clear indication to me that I was on to um, a very powerful concept. Um, I, I, I like to empower people to teach us what is inside of them, what, what their voice can't describe. And that's the power of visual communication. And um, so I, I, that then progressed later on um, the last few years, especially while I was in New York and L.A., to make it into something much bigger, which is where it came into the Hope Is Project and working with um, people um, with adversity and, or trauma, um, uh, abandonment, uh, imprisonment, cancer, ill health, etc., and And empowering them by giving them that whole guy and say, go search for hope. What does your hope look like? Because I was under the, I am under the hypothesis that hope begets hope. So if you empower somebody and have a physical tool to say, go and search for it. It's the act of searching, the act of putting it into your brain that your job is hope today. Have a good time. <laughs> as silly as I, is that kind of, I, I joke about it is actually not serious at all. It's very powerful. Um, and, and my hope is that process enables them to reflect and, and give perhaps a purpose and a meaning to what their story is about and put a positive spin on it and, and then give them the power to, to teach and to share, um, give them the reins and, um, pardon to be redundant, but give them, give them back their power enable them with a, with a purpose, no matter how small it is or how grand it is. And, and then in turn, we all benefit. So, um, and then I, you know, in turn take their photographs. So, um, and it's then documented in video, et cetera, like that. But, you know, it, again, it all stems down to my birth. I, I think my whole entire, everything that I've pretty much done in my life has stemmed one way or another from how I came into this world. And, um, I firmly, firmly believe that uh, my art is the way it is because of how I was brought into this world. It was by no means normal. And um, I understand the fragility and um, just the fragility of life and and to not, not waste it and push it, be that massive risk taker, fearlessness and, and give, give back and lead because, um, we're evolving human beings and, um, I'm here to evolve, damn it. <laughs> and the only way to do that is to just push through, push, push, push through, 
rip yourself open and expose it and reflect on it and share it and and then um, allow other people to do the same through through grace and compassion and and safety so i got chills <laughs> <laughs> you are living your purpose and how i know that is that you have taken every experience in your life that has had its ups and downs that have given you a perspective and a message and a voice and purpose is all about kind of our our soul coming from ourselves emanating out to mm. others and it's always about empowering others in in a very unique way that is specific to you and you you have done that you are doing that and and through the hope is project you are you are doing that for people who who may not even know that they need or could benefit from that opportunity and to and, see. and share mm -hmm. that you and know what they're going through is a gift that they can share for other people you know if they can be strong through this then Hopefully that inspires other people as well, you know. Yeah. And it's all in communities. It's just, it's like a ripple effect out. Mm-hmm. Exactly. One begets the other. Yeah. So thank you for, for sharing your story and, and for really powerfully and vulnerably using that to bring out light in the world. Thank you. It's my pleasure. So now... I'd love to share the intuitive reading that I've already done for you. And um, beforehand, I meditated on your name and your email address, which is all I had. And I allowed words to come through me. So I'm fully conscious at my laptop and these thought impressions come through, uh, kind of on the right side of my ear and I'm typing, it's like dictation. And then every so often I'll hear, okay, it's time for an image. And I'll see in my mind's eye scenes, moving images, all of which is to convey a message. So I'll share this verbatim with you. Everything is written in third person. So it refers to you as Sarah, she, her, like that, and refers to me as you because I'm the one seeing all of this. And every so often there are words that are in all caps, capitalized, which means that those particular words are just emphasized for you. And I'll, I'll use my visual signal. I'll just put my fingers up like this so you can see that those words are in all caps. For the audience, I will say um, all caps after the word. Um, I'd love for you to absorb and follow the imagery as you're hearing it. And afterwards, I will ask you, how does this resonate with you, if at all? And what does it bring up for you? So thoughts, stories, memories, ideas, whatever bubbles up. And really see it as a platform for discussion. Okay. Okay. So for you, I asked, what is the highest guidance for her at this time? It is about being a cloud a cloud 
is a nebulous object. It can be seen and photographed. It blocks light, and it allows light to filter through in new and magnificent ways. And yet it is nothing but air and moisture. What is it? It is a way of being fleeting, of causing and creating a mark on the world, a shadow and interplay of light that just happens. It can be remembered, it can be forgotten, and it can pass by without anyone noticing it existed for that brief moment when it took the shape of a bus or a butterfly. What trips her up is when she views the cloud as covering up, all caps, her view of what she actually wants to see. She may view the cloud as covering up the sun and anxiously waits for the clouds to pass in order for her to receive that sunshine. She may view the clouds as bringing rain, as being harbingers of not as happy moments when the sheer fact that rain brings life persists. Inside, she feels like a child who is anxiously awaiting the rainbow to appear after a particularly thunderous storm, hoping for the sun to show its face. And then the image that I saw is a continuation of this metaphor. You saw a mass of dark and stormy clouds overhead, the kind of summer thunderstorm that just happens, covering up the sun. It is so dark with flashes of lightning and rain pouring down that it is hard to see and drive. She is in the comfort of her car and on a highway. For a moment she feels uncomfortable since it can be difficult to drive through a driving rainstorm, her windshield wipers going back and forth with a sense of urgency. She longed for the clouds to part so that it signified the sun could peek through again. And so the action step that I got, and this is something for you to just reflect on and explore, it says to reflect on when she just aches to have the clouds part. It is this opening, all caps, that she focuses on when light, which has always been there, can peek through. Know that the invisible wind and time are what moves the clouds to part in the first place. So that's the end of the mini-reading. I'd love to hear how this resonates and what it brings up for you, thoughts, stories, ideas.
Well, that was really cool. <laughs> that was pretty badass. I go back and forth thinking, okay, well, the, in, in one element, the very beginning really reminded me of how I, um, how I look upon my, my interactions and the choices I make as a photographer and the direction I give and the, um, relationships that I have with, with people that I photograph and whatnot. And, uh, those were kind of the first things that were kind of streaming through my mind. And then as you kind of moved on, uh, it became very personal, right? And, uh, I was able to, um, identify it specifically about me and as metaphor of, of, of who I am. And it, it was quite spot on really. <laughs> um, I enjoyed the ideas of cloud. You know, I think, um, you know, I've, I've suffered, uh, through, uh, battled with, with depression and, and, uh, extreme loneliness and, and definitely hopelessness at times. But, and there's, there is, there's always that, um, but there's always that belief, right? That the, those clouds are going to part. And the reading was significant because I saw so much of who I am and, and the fight and the fight to live how you believe you're, how I believe I want to live and, and not settling. And, and with that, become with that, um, there's a lot of sacrifice and a lot of fear and a lot of, um, can be darkness and self doubt. And, um, but yet, and yet the perseverance to just keep going and the doom in the, in the, in the, um, dread of living your purpose on your own terms and um, is often quite scary, really. The power of comprehending that that's fear and that is part of it. And there is always the other side. There's always a, a yin to the yang, you know. There's always within that darkness, that faith, that hope, that belief, that if I'm experiencing a piece of uh, feelings of shit, right, and and of unworthiness and, and whatnot. Well, there's gotta be, there's gotta be an opposite to that, right? Of, uh, empowerment and, and feelings of success. And, uh, so how do you get to that other side? Right. And, um, so the reading brought up two kind of focus areas. When I was seeing the images, I saw, the clouds, the thunderstorm, and the rain. And I distinctly remember knowing that I was actually safe in the comfort of the car. And when I say I, it was as if I, I were you in the image. Understood. And I knew I was safe. That the rain was there, and the clouds were there, and the lightning was there, but it didn't hurt me directly. That I... I had a choice to keep navigating. I had a choice to slow down. I had a choice to turn my lights on and, and that I could navigate safely. 
And then there was another distinction of focusing on the moment the clouds part. And you sort of, you can imagine like, you know, how clouds move so slowly and it's just like, ooh, and then the sun, the the right light rays come through. And it's focusing on that moment that affirming that affirming moment that that safety that you felt within that car was in fact true and that being able to be solid in the foundation of the storm of the fear and understand that yeah it's storming out Mm -hmm. right and uh it's it's as if you're looking at it from a macro perspective and not a micro you're not looking at the fact that you're stuck in a storm you're looking at it from a much broader um, scope. You're understanding the ebbs and the flows of life. You're, I'm mature and aware enough at this stage of my life that one does not become the moment of, of the fear and whatnot. It does not have to be defined. defined. Um, it's, it's, it's as... It's as if your all-knowing self is looking down on your id, your ego, the ego concerned about the car slipping and the rain and the, the fears of what that what that might what might happen. But it's the all-knowing saying, "And yes, and yes, and now what?" And it's that faith that of knowing, yes, and. So you're in a storm and it's this and it's that, but it's that inner confidence, that, that, that base, that grounding where you say, yes, and, and that t- takes complete, that completely takes the power out of the storm. It allows for it to be accepted with a complete knowledge and, and, uh, confidence that, uh, you know, this too shall pass kind of stuff, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I don't want that to be a cliche, but there is that element. But it's really that 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 overseer that to be under, to to understand how this stuff works, and also understand that as soon as those clouds part, it's not the end. It's going to come back and cloud up again. But that's the joy, right? So, an artist's life, or to live fearlessly and live as an artist or, or as true to who you are and how you want to be and how you, how you want to live is a confidence in the process. It's a confidence in that storm, that that storm is meant to teach you, bring things out in you. It's meant to be uncomfortable. It's meant to be scary so that you can go deeper beyond the superficiality of fear. So it can teach you that this is just a transcendental moment of time and that you are so much deeper than that, but yet this still is going to have to happen on the surface. This is all just surface level. And, uh, but that's just what it is. It's not defining. It's, it's, it's there to help you change and it's your choice. How you decide you're going to want to feel about it and what you're going to do about it. And it breaks my heart that there's so many people that um, can't look beyond 
that ego, that, that moment of, of what is so transitive, so fleeting and momentary. Um, so yeah, I guess that, that's, what I, that's sort of how I was perceiving it when you were telling me about that safety and whatnot and, and just how metaphor is, you know, of, of you can look at yourself from a micro level and all you see is, um, these ups and these downs and these blah, blah, blah. But if you look at yourself from a much larger perspective as a whole, if you look at your, your life as patterns, as rhythms, and you're looking for fluidity and, um, um, then you can understand that these things are not meant to, these aren't necessary to be scared of. They might not be comfortable, but they don't have to be something you shy away from. Because again, this is just a, just another pattern. It's just a, it's just another, um, it's just, that's just all it is. Right. So you, it, it allows you to understand that, um, it's not all encompassing. Let's take a pause. And when we come back, we'll have some final thoughts with Sarah. If you're a business decision maker, you should listen to this. The show you're listening to is produced by Mouth Media Network, a podcasting network focused on the business of lifestyle. Because of our team's background and deep connections with brands, influencers, and ecosystems, we offer a tremendous opportunity to bring your company's message and products in front of decision makers from several verticals, including fashion, beauty, travel, materials and textiles, health and fitness, and lifestyle. Reach out to the Mouth Media team now at podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com. Let's explore how we can collaborate and make Mouth Media Network a meaningful resource to share your message and grow your business. Again, that's podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com. And now we're back. So Sarah, you had talked about your work with clients, your uh, work with the Hope Is Project. Now, what are you planning on putting your energy into for the future? I will always put my energy towards my clients and developing my my clients, my clientele, um, nationally and internationally. I will always dedicate uh, my life to that. Uh, as far as the Hope Is Project, there are elements of that project that I absolutely love and adore. And I firmly believe need to keep going. The storytelling, the sharing and giving back of, of stories or of, um, of, not to be redundant, I suppose, but hope, um, because I know I'm on to something and I know it's a, um, it's a narrative. I would love to continue, um, exploring, uh, deeply and, um, seeing where it can go. Currently, um, I am focused on developing, um, broader clientele and, um, deepening the storylines and the narratives of, 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 of people 
and um, empowering them and, and sharing my gift and allowing them to share their gift. What can you share with our listeners? You know, I always am open and welcoming to people who want to be a part of the project um, and um, co-create with me and find stories and whatnot. So I'm all open for that. And you can look at the website as hopeisproject.com. And uh, I suppose what's important to me is uh, I want my biggest uh, focus right now is to continue moving on and expand my, my photography business. And, um, and if, and if your listeners want to become a part of a, a, a very collaborative and um, enlightening and invigorating experience um, of storytelling and, and art uh, to please contact me. And then together we can create some very powerful imagery for them and or their families. Um, and that's, that's what I hold most dear. So right now, you know, I'm jumping from Seattle to New York and San Francisco and a little bit to LA. So those are sort of the main cities that, um, in, in the U S that I work with and, um, I travel a lot. I love to travel and traveling abroad and, and working with other people of different cultures and et cetera. Um, call me and, or email me because I would absolutely love to continue expanding as an artist and giving back and sharing their stories through imagery and whatnot in conjunction with if anybody wants to uh, help contribute or tell their story through the Hope Is Project to get a hold of me. So to get a hold of me, what I would suggest your listeners do is contact me through my website at www.sarahtskinner.com and just go through the contact um, link and uh, shoot me an email. Let me know what's going on. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Sarah, for being on our podcast today. And thank you for all the work and the hope and the light that you're putting out in the world. You're welcome. And thank you for bringing these opportunities for people. You know, I think that's an extremely powerful and, and valuable gift you're offering, you know, not only to me, but to, to your listeners and stuff. It's, and your insight is spot on and very compelling. So thank you. All right. Thank you listeners for joining us on today's episode and until next time. Ciao. show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at All Possible Show. Episodes are available on iTunes, Google Play, and our website, allpossibilitiesshow.com. This show is produced by Mouth Media Network, copyright 2017, all rights reserved. No portion of the show may be distributed or published without the expressed written permission of the producers. Thank you for joining us. Until the next time, keep looking out for all possibilities. This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.